Everybody, I'm Peter and I'm really, really heavy. He's a knuckle brained lizard. It's Mike. Welcome to Rebels Rebels, the podcast that explores the Star Wars expanding universe through an episode by episode deep dive into the Star Wars animated series Rebels. Our guest today, it's Chris. Hey, everybody. It's me. <laughs> Figured the big lead up. Who needs it? I just want to hear you. How you doing? It's Chris Sanchez from our, our D and D podcast. Our DM himself. Yeah, yep. I'm 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 fine. You know, it's just that life is pointless and nothing matters. And I'm always tired. Hell yeah. Also, I can't yeah. sleep and I'm overeating and none of my old hobbies interest me. Jeez, I feel you on that. This is great. This is my kind of Chris. <laughs> <laughs> this is the new. This is the new era. D and D is gonna get real dark. <laughs> that's what's up i love that yeah um, i'm glad now. that you you were able to join us last minute though i've been i've been missing your voice oh thanks. um we'll uh, we'll have crystal on later as well i'm curious for you though you told me you were watching rebels for the first time in mm-hmm. order with our podcast but mm-hmm. you haven't heard most of season four so are you just watching this episode completely out of context exactly Beautiful. But it, it kind of doesn't seem like an episode that has a lot of context behind it. <laughs> oh, but we'll get into that. It's it's uh, yeah, great that we had you one, on man. for this one. Yeah, I feel like uh, I I mentioned that we were doing. I don't want to spoil our rating. A pretty meh episode, yeah. and you said you wanted us to get, have you on the lame one. So yeah, Ta-da. I was looking yeah, for a Mort. Though. I was fishing for a Mort in this episode. Morton. I know. I realized that Mort Mort Madden shows up next episode, but oh, what excitement! <laughs> there's a little too much excitement to have you have uh, you on next episode. Sorry. Uh, bring bring me Matt back when uh, Mort like goes shopping or something. Yeah, Mort. Yeah. Okay. We'll have like a retrospective, and we can just do a deep dive <laughs> on Mort Madden yeah. with you again. Oh, that'd be pretty good. Mort. Cool. Well, I am ready to jump into this. Mike, are you ready? I am ready. Christopher, are you ready? I am ready. Let's mix up a quick space refresher and recap what happened in episode six of season four, Crawler Commanders. After the rebels take shelter in the ancient settlement of the southern hemisphere of Lothal, a mining guild or crawler is discovered stripping Lothal's surface for raw materials. They decide to hijack it in order to establish contact with Hera and the Yavin rebel base with its long-range communicators, but the crawler's captain manages to shut down the vehicle and raise the alarm. While Sabine works to reactivate it, Kanan and Zeb discover a number of slaves in the hole, including Vizago, who is sold to the guild by the Empire. Working together, the rebels and slaves waylay the incoming Imperial Patrol investigating the distress call and prevent the captain from destroying the crawler. In the meantime, Hera, unwilling to wait any longer, inspires Rebel Command to conduct an immediate assault on the factory where the TIE Defender is being produced. 
and after communication is established, Ezra's team agrees to coordinate the impending assault from the planet surface. The way you emphasize the word slaves makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> You're like Canaan and slaves! <laughs> Like raising an eyebrow, like slaves, huh? Anybody? <laughs> yeah, it feels weird every time. Slaves? Yeah. There are slaves on this. It's interesting yeah. that slaves are such a big part of Star Wars. I mean, yeah. yeah. But they are. Yep. I'm not a slave, I'm a person. It's where it all begins. <laughs> My name is Anakin. <laughs> uh, let's, so let's just jump in, guys. I, I usually, this season, I've been writing themes for episodes where we don't have guests just for so I can, you know, so I can wax poetic on. Mm-hmm. all my wasted years in college studying literature. And then when we have guests on, I usually write like just a one-liner. But I don't even want to write. There's been a couple episodes I just don't want to write themes for. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this episode is one of those. Theme um, of the episode is slaves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's our, who said it? One of our, our, our last guests perfectly said that these are Bridger episodes. Yeah. We've been calling them Bridge episodes. I don't know why we haven't been calling them Bridger, like Ezra Bridger episode. That's pretty good. This is a Bridger mm-hmm. episode. Um yeah, with maybe just one I actually don't even I actually think you could whole hog remove this. Yeah, mm. I don't think this one would make the cut in our in our list of no, crucial rebels episodes that no. we are putting together. Yeah, There's, like the the only thing no. of substance that gets accomplished, you could just like make them not have to do that yeah. <laughs> we just need, we, the whole episode is like we need to make a yeah. phone call to Hera yeah yeah it basically. could just start it could the next episode could just start with a phone call and you don't need to know how they got a communicator yeah they could just go okay now that we've got this communicator let's call them like I've just accomplished that episode yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much I mean I guess people would be like what happened to Visago but and yeah. then Visago could just show up and be like yeah. I escaped and we'd be like okay good enough yep Exactly. Someone, I, I, the only reason I bring that up too is in doing research, there was someone who was very concerned about the fate of AP5 because I guess, I guess you see him in the background of this episode, but then we don't know what happens to him again. So really, <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah. remember seeing AP5. I, I think he's just in the background on on Rebel Base, but oh, I love AP5. I didn't, I wasn't looking out for him either. I, that's just what someone on Reddit said. Interesting. So yeah, people might be pissed if you don't get that. Uh, that Visago bow tied. Visago bow tied. <laughs> yep. Hmm. Sounds like a weird pasta. <laughs> that is weird pasta. Visago bow tied. <laughs> yes. Weird pasta, the name of the restaurant I'm about to open. Ooh, I would go to go. weird pasta. If there was a place <laughs> called weird pasta, I would go to weird pasta regardless of what they had. Yeah, I mean in uh in Vegas I went I went to Egg Slut just because that was the name of the place. So I was like, <laughs> was, yeah, yo, I'm going to eat Egg there. Egg Slut is sick. <laughs> oh, yeah, so we were talking good. about it while I was there. I was texting you guys. <laughs> yeah, oh, that place is so good. Also, I love that place. I think I've been to one in Portland? Question mark? I wouldn't be surprised. Or they had like yeah. a food truck version? I don't, know. I don't know. I know they're down south, Southern California, and then I, I, I go to one in Vegas when I used to go to like uh, conferences in Vegas, which yeah. I hated. But we always stayed in a. I always stayed in a hotel where across the street was Momofuku and Egg Slut. Whoa! And, Did you uh, ever go to Momofuku? Oh yeah, really? Sweet bar? Yeah. Like wow. I would just. That's the only reason I looked forward to Vegas was all wow. the eating. I had to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my god, that place is without food. I don't know what that place is. Yeah. Drugs. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Good call. Well, sometimes you mix them both. There you go. And that's fun too. I'll probably to cut that out of our <laughs> <laughs> Do drugs, kids. That's my yeah. PSA. It makes you cool. Love a good PSA. Um, so I thought it was interesting. I like that this is a new base for them, the base of operations on the southern hem- hemisphere of the planet. Um, probably very advantageous to be so far away from the empire, but still have access to where everything's going. Cause I'm assuming, I don't remember in the future, but I'm assuming they still have access to the hyper, the hyper lane thing in the, in the cave. Do you remember Mike? No idea. So uh, um, do they, if oh. they need to go attack the empire oh, other side of the planet? Do they it. just do they have to drive there? Or do they get to use the, no, the no. secret door? I think they get to use the secret door. I mean, well, it seemed like the Loth Wolf. Chris, you have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah, it, seemed, no it would seem like the Loth Wolf probably. Cl- it seemed like he closed that when he went through. So I mean, not just anyone yeah. could use it. I'm assuming someone in touch with that would have to like a, not explain mm. it for Chris. We'll keep an eye out for that later. Is this like a, Nar- a Narnia situation or? Yes. I mean, yeah, 100%. You know, just the normal, like okay. there's, a, there's a super teleportation hyperspace lane inside that cave. You know, normal stuff. Yeah. It sounds I mean, really it, it literally is a Narnia thing. Yeah. Um, basically. Yeah. Which is, int- did we, did I talk about portal fantasy much? No. Oh, interesting. Do it. Oh, uh, no. Just mostly that it's a, you know, it's a super popular genre of fantasy, and um, so maybe it's like a, a subgenre, or maybe it's a mo- probably is more a motif than a genre. But um, it's you know things like exactly like Chronicles of Narnia, right? It's the mm-hmm. wardrobe you have to step through to enter into the larger world, or it happens in a lot of children's literature because it's kind of a, a device to suspend disbelief at times. And here, that's kind of what it is too, just like. Um, I don't know, Bridge to Terabithia. If you, that's kind of mm-hmm. a yeah. low fantasy version. I don't know, but it's just an interesting, an interesting way to help viewers and readers enter into a different world with you. Mm. Yeah. When you said portal fantasy, I thought you were gonna like describe a fetish first. Yeah, I mean, it, you <laughs> yeah. Know, it sounds like one. <laughs> portal fantasy. I'm gonna have to look for that tab. <laughs> I wonder how much. Maybe this is me. Me speaking from my sad childhood experience but i wonder how much that is that like you know that selfish feeling when you're a kid where you're like i hate being a kid everything's better when you're adult Mm. this sucks like i wonder how much of it is like the escapism of like there's another world that could just be on the other side of my cabinet if i open the door like i don't know i think there's something interesting about the childhood views we have Mm-hmm. And like the mechanisms we have for escapism, even at a young age. Yeah, and we, yeah, we definitely have them. I mean, it's yeah. it's the our ordinary world is something more. Yeah. Um, and it's it's making. I mean, that's pretty much what religion is. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Right. It's making larger, and it helps yeah. people cope with the realities of the mundane at times. In my mind, and it's like, I don't know, the Indian in the cupboard. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. which is a terrible name for a story. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The native yeah. person in the cupboard. <laughs> yeah. The workers in the shed outside. <laughs> so good. In, the, in the space shed. Which yeah. reminds me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell the story because 
I've never been able to say it out loud. I mean, it's not a bad story, but <laughs> it just <laughs> never when I was in when I was in college, I, I was I was a, a really big fan of poetry, which didn't surprise you because I'm that kind of nerd. Mm-hmm. And I was in I had a lot of creative writing classes uh, with poetry, and there was this one student, and they would always write this on this one theme of being woken up by noises outside and being frustrated about it, and it was like. You know, while I was sleeping one morning, uh, my these gardeners are outside, and <laughs> they kept waking me up. Why do they have? And it's like this it's supposed to be a really funny story. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I always just hated it <laughs> so much because I'm like, this is just a story about a privileged white girl. Like, yeah, that sucks. Like, you're people have to get up and work, but you're I don't know. I don't know how I got here. <laughs> But I think it's because you said the workers outside. I don't know how you got here either, yeah. but I just hope that that person's like weirdly a fan of our podcast. It's like, wait, uh, you didn't like my That's poems? not a good poem. <laughs> yeah. That, I'm like, no, we should poem. just we should just swap stories about all the weirdos who were in our politi- our uh, creative writing classes. Oh, the shit oh, that comes out in creative geez. writing classes is so shocking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say one just real quick. There was a guy in one that I had who wrote Alex Jones fan fiction. Oh. Oh, it was amazing. No. I would oh, love to wow. hear that and just not give any feedback and just ask. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So tell me how you got this inspiration. I would not show Jeez. up when we were talking about his stuff because it was. Just, I would just. I couldn't be nice. I couldn't like not be a snarky like you know. I couldn't be. I had to make it a joke. But anyway. yeah, Ugh, that's rough. Yeah, he would like talk about. <laughs> he would write about like eating pizza and playing Call of Duty with Alex Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds weirdly romantic. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Alex Jones, the Mining Guild. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Good segue. Nah, they're they're bad people too. <laughs> so we've talked about the Mining Guild before. Um, I don't remember exactly what we talked about, so we'll do just a quick review. But they're an independent agency that has gear and expertise to strip and mine. So they work in partnership with the Empire, which I think is pretty interesting because it's not really in the Empire's, you know, groove to contract work in partnership with people. Oh, it's more (laughs) of a contract than a partnership. Yeah. Or they take them over. Like, so it's just kind of interesting that they're like buddies. Yeah. It is weird. Yeah. So they are an independent agency. We see um, they are strip mining the planet, the ore crawlers, as we see. Sounds hot. Um, they are called, they said strip rake the planet, which I'm Whoa. not, I didn't really know what that is. Isn't that just, a, is that just aggressive raking? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <Or> just rake. <laughs> just <laughs> rake a little harder. Yeah. Ryder said that. I've never heard yeah. that term before, but right. I, I, I wonder if this is cause they use a lot of fire and they're burning up the planes. So remember when we saw Lothal from a distance, we were wondering why half the planet was on fire. Yeah. It might be because of aggressive raking. So, yeah, so much raking <laughs> yeah. that they set it on fire. Um, pretty pretty wild. Wow. I'm never gonna look at raking the same way again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> not that I not that I rake too much in my apartment, but Yeah. Um this is kind of interesting though. The design for the ore crawlers is based on the world devastators which were massive flying factories that ate natural resources of a planet to produce ships and weapons seen in the legends comic series, dark empire from 1991 and 1992. Sure. That's cool. These world devastators were kind of a, 
there were a fan favorite kind of menacing terror um, after the Death Star didn't work out and Emperor Palpatine was resurrected in the mm-hmm. comics. They would just send these things out and they would just fly over your planet and just destroy the planet and use everything to make like Star Destroyers and stuff like that. Mm. And so this was the next big kind of threat from the Empire after the Death Star. And I remember him being uh, pretty being pretty scary. Do you remember the original or from the show? No, yeah, from Dark Empire. Oh, okay. Um, That's the originals. Cool. I remember that comic being really freaky and the World Devastators being very intimidating. World Devastators sound cool. Yeah. So they were said they said in my research they're essentially the same as this. Um the only difference is that the devastators were factories by themselves and these would transport products to somewhere else. Mm. Um and then the last little tidbit is that the world devastators appeared in the game Star Wars Rogue Squadron, which is also a mm-hmm. dope game. Ooh, speaking of Rogue Squadron, have you guys played this new game? No. I haven't. Neither have I. It been... looks cool, but the parts that I am the worst at in Battlefront are the flying the ships. Uh. So I'm a little <laughs> nervous about an entire game about flying ships. Well, every good like aerial battle in Star Wars has just the guy who's in his ship just getting roasted, you know? Yeah, so. that's me. <laughs> you're just the... I'm the Porkins. So. Yeah, you're just like, it's <laughs> like flames consume you from behind. Yeah, exactly. Fair. There's not a ton going on in this episode. I'm just being honest. I mean, I'm kind of scraping, but they do get the TIE Defender Defender blueprints to Yavin Base, which was the big mission in the last couple episodes. And like we were talking about, they know that in one-on-one combat, there's nothing they can do against this TIE Defender elite. Um, So... I think Hera's on to something saying that they can never reach production because if they get to the point where these things are deployed in mass, the rebellion would fig- essentially be done. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the Arabesh on this blueprint too, it also says technical readout contained in the transmission has been rated top secret by Imperial command eyes only. Oh wait, that doesn't make sense. Top secret <laughs> by Imperial command colon eyes only. <laughs> Nice. Imperial <laughs> command eyes only. <laughs> it, it's been raided by the eyes of Imperial yeah. command. Anyone can look at it. Yeah. It's just letting you know who raided it. Okay. Or maybe it means like you can only look at it with your eyes and then you can't look at it in any other way. Like, <laughs> yeah. How else would you be doing this? Through a mirror or through binoculars. You not yeah. with goggles. Can't look at it through your butt. Yeah. That's not funny. <laughs> That's inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we talked about this a little bit, just, just, uh, theoretically, if this had been the plan that the emperor goes with instead of the death star, perhaps the rebellion would have been squashed earlier. So the destruction of this base is of utmost importance. And I think it's, you can see it in Ezra's face when he hears that the, the attack has been greenlit because he's been wanting to have them come and, help out his planet for a really long Mm. time and they've always been dragging their feet for valid reasons in a lot of ways but i think it's it's kind of interesting it's kind of like the rogue one thing they the the rebellion doesn't really want to act very much until someone just like goes off books and Mm -hmm. they're like 
all right, fine, we're going to Scarif. And then, like, all right, send in the fleet. Yeah. Right. Well, I guess it does seem like, done. kind of based on this episode, too, I was thinking about it. The Rebellion is way smaller than I think yeah. we think it is, or or it's exactly what we see. It's like this many people in the room. It's like <laughs> yeah. exactly how <laughs> yeah. many people you see on Yavin. It's not like a, an example of what the Rebellion It's like the actual size of the Rebellion is that small. So yeah. to, to act on anything for them is uh, a, a potential, you know, okay, this could be the end of the Rebellion. It's not just a loss for them doesn't mean they try again tomorrow. A loss for them means... There is no try again tomorrow. So I think that's the difference here is why they're so... Because mm-hmm. when they say, like, we have we have a team waiting on the surface, in my mind I was like, you mean those six people? <laughs> yeah. But, like, that's how big the rebellion is at this point of the Rebels arc. Like, uh, it's, a, it's new, and it's yeah. small. Those six people plus, like... Half of them had never even met anyone else in the rebellion. They've yeah. all just been on Lothal. Like Ryder Azadi has just been like there the whole time, and so they're yeah they're really struggling. Also, you also see it when they when they do release the slaves. Then it's like you're all free, but we could use your help. Yeah, yeah. They, they essentially just like doubled their numbers. Yeah, <laughs> slap the chains right back on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a, that was a funny part. I guess we should actually talk about the nitty gritty of the episode, which we haven't at all yet. No. There's some funny parts, Peter. I, I, I was wait. I'm waiting for you to say it. What was your favorite part? Say it. Say what I think you would. <laughs> He's I'm using really his brain control. To, He's putting the thoughts. I'm really in your struggling head. to like. <laughs> what was? What did you think? That's funny. Uh, my, oh. <laughs> well, my favorite part was. I don't know if this is what you're referencing, but did you notice that when Zeb sneaks up on the day? There it is. Like. There. Okay, good, good, good. When Zeb sneaks up on the dude, he's like, I like that song. That's literally the song that he was jamming out to in his man cave. Yeah, I didn't know it was the same song, but you made reference of it the first time it happened, like a guitar solo. Yeah, There's, okay, ro- there's good, rock good. music in this world, is what's funny. I was a little nervous that wasn't what you were... I was like, oh, no, is there something else I was supposed to like in this uh, episode? I need, <laughs> I need Deliver. There it was. Yeah, this it is the exact... You can only hear like a little tiny bit, so it's hard to place, but it's the same song. And so that's why Zeb was like, I like that song, because it's like his chill out with a brewski It's his man anthem. cave song, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I appreciate that. That uh, mining guild, the Trandoshan, I did. I do think it is kind of fun that when Trandoshans show up, because I like that there is a diversity between Trandoshans. Like they yeah. don't all look like a Bosk. Yeah. Which it's is not, well, fun. It's, is there diversity? Because it seems like there's two. Kind of seems like the Gungan thing. Mm. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, I'm trying to think. Have we ever seen like a fat Trandoshan or anything? I think there is one in Clone Wars. Yeah. Really fat one. I'm gonna look it up. Fat Trandoshan. That's the kind of stuff that's that a cool like band my name. browser history. <laughs> cool. That's a very cool band name. I feel like that's like it would sound like if there was a band called Fat Trandoshan, I assume they sound like Limp Biscuit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there is there is one named Gahnacht. Yes. And Even, we see uh-huh. him in looks like Yep, Clone Wars in Downfall of a Droid and Duel of the Droids. Mm. He's not even that fat. They're just body shaming him. No, he's just face fat. But yeah, there's there's a little bit of diversity. So I think that is kind of interesting because I do 
Yeah, uh, it's like every Jawa looks that, exactly the same. Not here, not though. It is kind of fun that you see different types of Trandoshans, and I also like that it's like there's Seaver is the one that we meet, the captain. Mm. He's voiced by Seth Green as well. Oh yeah, and we're all big fans of Austin Powers, so that probably <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. My my wife just got on a kick where she just had like Austin Powers in her head and had to watch what? all of the movies. <laughs> so she just rented nice. all. I think <laughs> all she only bad. watched the first two, but she she rented all of them and she's just been going through it. I kind of watched the first one. It holds up a little bit. Yeah, I think it's fine. Yeah. yeah, I think it's fine. Yeah. Um, um, but evidently he, Seavor... He was voiced by Seth Green, as I said, who also voiced Ian Papanota in Two Do Three Sixty in that's Clone Wars. A lot of words. Yeah. So <laughs> I I'll give you a hundred dollars if you can say off the top of your head who Ian Papanota is. Um, uh, Two Do Three Sixty was a was a repair droid in one of the episodes too. My um, guess so would be based on the name. I can guess. Can I just guess species? Yeah, I won't give you a hundred bucks for species. But oh, sure. screw you! Then I'm not even guessing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna keep this to myself, yeah. man. It sounds like a um, uh, Geonosian to me. Yeah, I think he's. I don't think he's a Geonosian. He's a yeah. A I think pan- of the announcer from. from the oh, well, yeah. he's a Pantorian, which Whoa. he's he's got like blue face um, with yellow markings on their face and the only reason i think you would know that is because baron papanoidia was the character played by george lucas in the uh in the prequels i didn't i didn't know george lucas played a character yeah it's like a big old blue guy (laughs) (laughs) sounds about right (laughs) yep Um, but uh, speaking of Trandoshans, mm-hmm. there's some actually nice. kind of interesting thing about the big, the big beefy Trandoshan. About the big beef. Yeah. yeah. His name, his name is Proach. Um, Ooh, that's not which, a bad name. No. And Proach is a reference to Pat Roach. Are, are either of you familiar Pop with Roach. that name? I doubt you would be, but. Nope. I mean, I had to look it up because I, this, this guy actually really interested me. Oh, you Roach. looked it up? Yeah, so I looked him up, but I so I know yeah. where you're going with this. But. No, go for it then. I love that you did research. Yeah. <laughs> so first of all, he's voiced by Clancy Brown. He's fucking Mr. Krabs. Oh, Whoa. I didn't know that I didn't realize that he's voiced by him. He yeah. has a weird flashback. Has he voiced anyone else? Yeah, he voiced uh Clancy Brown voices uh Ryder Azadi. So oh, we, oh, shit. we he voices two characters in this episode. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. Yeah. Yeah, the dude in the in the beginning. beginning. Yeah. I was the governor of Lothal. I supported your parents and the messages they beamed out against the Empire. Okay, money! I mean, uh, children! It's time for the grand unveiling of money! But um he is like this uh this like buff mechanic that Indiana Jones fights in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. And the whip thing is like a callback to that specifically. Yep. Yeah, and you'll notice too, like the music sounds very. Oh, I missed that. Like Indiana Jones music during the fight when Zeb and him are fighting, and I think this fight is because it, it seems if you look at the action how it's staged too, it seems like that fight, and I think they try they stage the whole thing like Indiana Jones. Oh, that is, that is pretty, yeah, yeah. I, I that makes a lot of sense. I didn't know that. Um, 
It's so interesting that we reference things all X amount of time back. Yeah. But like, because we used to reference, like everything was a reference to Flash Gordon, and now everything's a reference to. Yep. To Indiana Jones. What's the next? What's the next pot of references? <laughs> I don't know. Going to be. Yeah, I, I skipped over this, but we did. We haven't had one of these in a while. But we see the R- IGRM bodyguard enforcer droids on the on the mine the ore crawler, and that's a reference to Ralph McQuarrie. Mm. So we haven't had one of those in a while. But yeah, we reference a lot. But yeah, continue. I think you had more about Proach. No, I was just gonna say that his like uh, fight with Zeb when he picks Zeb up to do like the power bomb, I was mm. so hype. And then he like oh, drops yeah. him backwards for like a really whack like just I don't know. He just like slams him backwards, Ooh, and yeah. so that I was like, what, what, what the hell was up with that? So I had to like look him up Psy to see move. what the reference was because I knew there was something <laughs> going on there. Side Perietta right there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you can tell like when I was talking about the music, like listen to it. It does that thing that they do in like all these ninety movies where it's like. Right when a punch hits, like a flute is like, Brip! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like the mat, the music matches it exactly. Um, so it's a little out of place when you really notice it, but I think that's why is that they were trying to go for kind of that cheesy, campy Indiana Jones thing, which I think is kind mm-hmm. of cool. Mm. I was just watching a what was that? Casper the Friendly Ghost was on TV, and my wife was watching that, and like I was just thinking about. I feel bad for all the tuba players that went out of work in the 90s. Because, like, every 90s score was like, womp, womp, womp. Like, it probably was the golden age of, like, tuba players. They all had jobs. They all had gigs. And yeah. all of a sudden, like, a renaissance. scoring for movies goes away, and now they're all homeless. <laughs> yeah, just immediately destitute. Wandering the streets, going, womp, yeah. Um, Smoking smoke crack out of the tuba. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the other interesting thing about Pat Roach too, so he was a stuntman, and stuntman. he was a stuntman, um, and he played three different characters actually through all of the Indiana Jones trilogy. He's the only person to be in all three movies other than Harrison Ford. Wow! So as you other than C three PO, yeah, other than C three PO, C three PO is just in everything. Yeah, so he um, he's the mechanic dude that fights in Raiders of the Lost Ark. He also plays like the slave driver, also with a whip in Temple of Doom. He just Hell has like, yeah. a big uh, bushy beard. And then he played one of the Nazis on the blimp in The Last Crusade, but I think he was actually cut out of the, the final cut of that movie. But he was technically in, there and in the, in the scene. Dang, Nazis, slaves, we got everything. we got a stew going here (laughs) yeah we got a problematic stew going (laughs) i will say one thing i appreciate about this episode we've we've said this a couple times is that um the visuals i think are really top of their game right now i notice it specifically with interesting when sabine flies off at the very beginning and gets on the ore crawler it's this really cool like interesting shot with the pollution in the background, um, very Rocketeer esque. Yeah, it was pretty cool to me. A Rocketeer in this, yeah. Yeah, and then at the end, with the fight with Seaver and uh, and Ezra, which I mean, we could talk about that too. Speaking of '90s movies, how silly it is that Seaver just like trips and falls. Yeah, and Ezra's like, huh? Yeah, I was like, oh, oh my uh, god, Ezra's gonna f- murder him, and no. He <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Yeah, 
Uh, but the visuals of like, I really liked like the smoke of the refinery and like Seaver like creepily hanging on the bottom of the platform and kind of like uh-huh, yeah. through the smoke like that that visually I thought was really cool. It's it was hard for me to see all that just given that I was just <laughs> I don't yeah. know it, it's it, it's hard to see through a lot of this episode because it's I don't know yeah. yeah. We'll get there. I mean, we're we're pretty much there. <laughs> we got we there. Basically, yeah, we've gotten there. I think we don't like this episode, <laughs> but <laughs> we will officially get there at the end. Um, How do you guys feel about the the electric whip grabbing the lightsaber? I don't like. Yeah, I I I don't understand. I don't understand the technology. It seems like with whatever technology that is, it's like a Jedi nullifier. Yeah. The logic of it's weird. I don't care that much, but it it seems a little it seems irresponsible. Yeah, to me that implies <laughs> that like the whip is also like lightsaber. You know, yeah, you should be able to comparable materials. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that was weird for me is yeah, it feels like okay that it grabbed the lightsaber. That's cool, but it also should have chopped Zeb's arm off. Then. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but it felt like it didn't even really hurt Zeb. Which no, I he was like all wrapped up by it at one point. I like the light whip though; like it's kind of a cool concept. Like it just seemed a little fun to me. Yeah, I like it conceptually. They just, just for this one thing though, it seems a little. Yeah, like they wanted the homage of Indiana Jones superseded the rules mm-hmm. of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, which was yeah. which I think that's odd. Yeah. Um, especially if you want to canonize that and use this, someone could easily use this as a reference to be like, well, in this episode, this character did this <laughs> and it, yeah. inevitably, which a star Wars fan will do. And then inevitably Dave Filoni or, um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know his name or, um, Pablo Hidalgo. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was about to say either Dave Filoni or Porkins is gonna, <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, you're gonna have to like, you know, put in some weird logic that they just thought up on the spot to explain it. Yeah, um, which is I, I I wish they just wouldn't even do sometimes. Yeah, just me don't too. Ex- just don't explain it. Yeah, I I I feel that. The only other thing that it like if you're thinking about it from a logical standpoint, because I feel like a lot of the like energy weapons, it's for a reason, like. Oh, a lightsaber, like, yeah, it's a laser sword, and that's cool because it's very rare and it can cut through metal, and it's like this elite weapon that elite Jedi Knights can use, or like blasters, it's laser guns, like they're more powerful than using like projectile bullets or whatever. Like the whip is such a weird concept because how is it actually any better than just a normal whip? Like it feels mm. like it would be way harder to make like an energy whip and figure out the physics of that <laughs> than just like, oh, we're just gonna put some leather on the end of this thing. Like that's not something that <laughs> yeah. really needed to be improved. <laughs> yeah. It seems like they were just like, Well, he's a slaver, so he's gotta have a whip. Yeah, yeah totally. Right? <laughs> and it's like, in space, so it's gotta be glowing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It acts exactly the same as anything else. The fact that his energy has no difference, but yeah, it was just that was a little that's a little odd if I actually think about it too much, but yeah. Well, you don't think about Star Wars that much sometimes. It's funny because I do think about the lightsaber, though, when I'm watching stuff. Like, uh, for some reason, I always go to that, like, shouldn't have that cut through that? Shouldn't have that? Yeah. 
like the lightsaber. I'm like, what stops the lightsaber? And it's like, the, <laughs> it, uh, there's weapons that do stop the lightsaber, and there there's such a big deal made out of like this mm-hmm. armor, this Mandalorian armor. You know what I mean? That will or this thing that will stop that. So yeah. then to casually have things that stop it just take away again if you think about it too hard yeah the only other things i had about this episode was i do think it's kind of interesting that mon mothma brings up protocol 13 so this is an official name that they put out there and this is kind of a scary concept it's an order used by the galactic empire that when issued starts the immediate evacuation of all imperial personnel yeah from i'm guessing that's planet. is it jetta you think yep so that's oh, okay. that's when we saw it was they did announce um, Protocol 13 for Jetta, and so that's when you see everyone take off because they're about to blow some stuff up with, that the, makes with sense. the Death Star. I like that touch. Um, that was one of the only things I uh, thought was really cool about this episode was that moment. Yep. Yeah. And that whole, the, you know what? The Everything on Yavin is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Anytime you, you have Mon Mothma, Dadana, and um, Space Jimmy Schmitz in the same room. Yeah. i feel like and this is nothing but a compliment but i feel like chris when you're getting to your older age you're gonna have some hardcore space jimmy smith yeah yeah yeah. you want to be a politician he's a politician (laughs) yeah again nothing but a compliment yeah i mean i no, i mean he was he was in sons of anarchy you know i don't know if he rode a motorcycle in that show but (laughs) he was in dexter i could see it yeah he always talk. He was Dexter. He always said it really weird in Dexter. I don't know why. I only that watched three. Me. I think I ended that show on his season and was like, ah, I'm done. It was yeah. a cool show, I guess. Well, probably good that you didn't get to the, get to the ending because oh, really? that was a rough one. Ooh, nice. But they just announced they're doing a new Dexter miniseries. Mm, no, thanks. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Politely decline. Yeah, man, I'm not going. Invite declined. Yeah. The last thing I had was, I don't know if I misheard this. I don't think I did because I had the captions on, but I was also pretty tired. But when they, when they released the slaves and they were like, Hey, you can help us out. Yeah, that was I feel weird. like one of the slaves was like, yeah, we'll fight the big purple beast. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the f- big purple. What the f- is the big what? purple? I have no idea what that is referencing. I have no idea either. And I was just like, I assumed I would come here today and you would tell me peter <laughs> i'm like Sorry. i feel very uneasy that i don't know what the hell they're talking about yeah i was just what like the... obviously i haven't watched all the episodes so i'm sure that <laughs> yeah what is the big purple the big purple beast i'm trying to think like it's either got to be barney or ivan Ooze. or i'm like were they were they just referencing zeb i was like what are you talking about but like why would they maybe. be fighting zeb that's what i had no idea that's the know. only thing I could think of. It's like, yeah, Zeb oh, is a big purple beast. Not Thrawn. They wouldn't know that. Not the foreman. He wasn't purple. No idea. If anyone knows, <laughs> email us or or hit oh, wow. us up on social media because I have no idea what that was a reference to. We can't, we can't find it right now. No, it's nowhere. No. But that's literally all I had for this episode. Again, bit of a bridger episode is there anything else that either of you saw that you thought was interesting or wanted to chat about mm. i just can't get over how gross Sevor was <laughs> <laughs> i know he was like a spider trend ocean i did think it was funny when he was like when he was like 
everything's okay here. And that's uh, the bag is like, that's not what I sound like. That was kind of a fun gag. I also thought it was a little silly that they didn't want to be like, when are they going to stop calling us pirates? And I'm like, guys, it's to your benefit that they're calling you pirates. Let I them know. continue to call you pirates. Like, what? Yeah. And then, as I said, they ended up being pirates. He was right the whole time. Because they stole the ship. Yeah. <laughs> you guys should make like an Ezra Bridger kill list of all the people he's killed. I remember, I remember <laughs> in an episode he's like be throwing ins- stormtroopers off of like an abyss. It'd be way I too know. big. I mean, when you take down a whole Star Destroyer, that's, you know, 30,000 people. He's, they're that's mass true. murderers. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. The only other thing that caught me is, again, I think this is, like, I'm fine with the Bridger episodes if it's, it's I don't know, it makes sense. But, again, these, these logic leaps that we've talked about, I just hate the whole, like, like, all right, we're sending someone to check it out. Oh, no, you don't have to do that. We'll do it ourselves. <laughs> yeah. We are sending a technical crew over to assist. Uh, negative control. We can make repairs ourselves. Do you copy? Over. When has that ever worked? Like, oh, you had a distress beacon. Now it's gone. Oh, no, no, no. You don't need to send anyone. We got it handled. Okay, thanks for telling us we have it handled. We'll go away now. Thank you. Yeah. But it's like it happened so so. It happened twice in this. It happened once, with <laughs> yeah. and it happened once with Visago. He tried to play the same thing. It just I don't know. Yeah, I just want the stormtrooper to go hmm sus, and then like <laughs> we're exactly. taking more guards with us now. <laughs> That's why it's so brilliant that it, it the scene with Harrison Ford in A New Hope when he's like no every so everything's everything's okay here. How are you? And then yeah. like, he's like oh, and then they send everyone anyway, and he just and shoots he just it. Just yeah. Shoots the thing like that's yeah. how it actually should happen totally. every time that ever it's like oh i forgot my security codes what person's gonna be like cool i, I was know, waiting right? for that reference i was waiting for him to say how are you yeah, yeah. <laughs> the stormtroopers just they just didn't have any time for this no. to actually do their job but i don't know minor minor nitpick the whole, the whole thing was more of a i'd say i'm less offended by it this one which i've been offended by episodes in the past and just kind of yeah, shrug on this one. Yeah, well, mo- the, the only thing that's the saving grace of this episode for me is momentum is not lost on it, as opposed to yeah. previous episodes where you've gone to side stories that aren't progressing, and that, those are co- a complete waste when it's like droids in distress, which is like a whole different story that doesn't connect to the main arc. At least yeah. this one is furthering the arc, be it slow and unnecessarily slow. So I guess it just, it's still momentum, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I was going to fight for it, I would say, yeah, at least it pushes forward. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I think the only, it's a lot better when you're binging it because <laughs> I think yeah. I would have been frustrated if we had we, just gotten yeah. off a great episode and then I want to know what's going on with the Loath Wolves and the hyper tunnels and all that crazy stuff. And then all of a sudden it's like, I don't know, Indiana Jones takes over an ore crawler and you mm. have to wait a week for the next episode. You're like, <laughs> oh, jeez. Like, that would be frustrating to me. But, you know, we don't have, we don't have to suffer that luxury anymore. Uh, Chris, any final notes from you? Um, No, I just, I can't wait to now watch the rest of them from before this and watch find out what the, what the yeah, hell is uh, Portal Fantasy doing in here? What's, yeah. that, what's that all about? It's, uh, it's everything that makes this show great, honestly. Um, yep. unsarcastically saying so. 
All right. Well, how we like to end every episode is with a grading scale of our current most favorite thing to current least favorite thing in Star Wars. Um, I'll give a quick example. My most favorite thing in Star Wars currently is Ben telling Luke about the larger world inside his Tatooine abode. Um, great moment. My least favorite is everything about the relationship between Rey and Kylo. It just <laughs> kind of yeah. gets, it's a little flubbed up. It's a little bit of flubber. Um, I would rate this episode on that scale kind of the second five minutes of the pod racing scene, which is 10 minutes long, by the way. <laughs> it's just like, oh, this is, yeah, again, just unnecessarily slow. And we're, it, it just felt like too much in something that was in what I like, I think is a good movie, which I, people will disagree with, but it just kind of goes a little too long. Um, yeah, Peter, what's your rating scale? First, I was just thinking about this. I, I, I appreciate your, your rating scale because your least favorite thing <laughs> is the relationship, how they flubbed up the relationship between Ray and Kylo which could be controversial because people feel so strongly about Raylos. Yeah, but I think it's really interesting because I don't think anyone was happy with how that turned out. Like Raylos weren't happy with how it turned out and then he died. Yeah. And then like people were anti-Raylo weren't happy with it because it happened. It's just the whole relationship so, doesn't work. It's yeah, just, I just feel like they just, they just flubbed that whole thing up. It's very interesting regardless of how you feel about the concept of Raylos. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's the it's the romantic tilt on it that ruins it. It's I would have loved them to walk away from that as brothers and sisters and friends and you know, you know, so brothers in arms kind of thing, but the whole romantic yeah. tilt. Or if they had made I would have felt differently if they had earned the romance in it as I keep coming back to this concept of if they they earned things and it just very they very clearly didn't. Yeah, it was but. a silver spoon romance. Yeah. Anyway, I was just thinking about that and I just wanted to call that out. I like that. Nice. But my grade is my favorite thing in Star Wars right now is the video of a little girl dressed as Rey in Disneyland using the force to turn away bad guys. It's <laughs> great and I freaking love it. My least favorite thing is Rey Palpatine. And between yeah. those two things, I give this episode Bosk and Clone Wars. I. Uh, because I think he was just kind of cooler as a weird lizard that you didn't really know what was going on <laughs> instead of like running around with baby Boba Fett and Clone Wars. So like I said, this is just a man. This is a straight up C for me. Just like, eh. Right on. Average. Yeah. How about you, Chris? Um, I think my favorite thing in Star Wars right now is this meme where it's like, uh, as a parent, I finally understand um, the scene where Luke just asks Yoda a hundred questions and so he just dies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that makes me laugh every time so I see good. it. That's so good. <laughs> and um, <laughs> my least favorite thing, I think I, I loved... Uh, um, was the last movie rise of skywalker when i first saw it i think just because i was high on like um like i thought that they did carrie fisher justice with like trying to like you know make a movie venerating her Mm. um and han solo coming back uh in that one scene but uh i think that now i i don't like that movie at all so i think now (laughs) that whole movie is my least favorite thing in star wars 
That's so funny. Yeah. But uh, as for this, uh, as for this episode, I think this is um, uh, this is in Return of the Jedi when Lando like pulls down his mask and like, oh look, it's me, Lando, and then pulls it back <laughs> up. You know, it's just like totally unnecessary. <laughs> Yes, that's that is right. a pretty good descriptor uh, yeah. of this episode. Perfect. That. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think if I'm if I'm correct, I think this is probably the last kind of filler episode for the whole series. I think there I might be get ha- my hopes up, but yeah, I think there might be one more Bridger. But okay. Kind of part a par- there's a partial Bridger coming up. That's about yeah. it. Yeah. But I know we got some bangers coming up, yeah, so let's hold go. on to our butts because it's about to get great yeah, and wild. Hell yeah. <laughs> but before we get to that, we got to sign off this episode. So, Chris, would you like to tell people where they can find you on the internet? Uh, you can check me out at the last but least on Twitter, and uh, give me a reason to open Twitter. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't open Twitter very much. I don't know if there is very many reasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, you can check Chris out on our D and D episodes. Yeah. He is a fantastic DM dungeon menace yeah and we are having a lot of fun with those episodes so and that's really the future of this pod you know after season four you know we're getting hundreds of messages a day what are you guys doing after season (laughs) um you know it's really going to be focusing on D &D, and that's really going to be the evolution of this podcast and um it's going to kind of turn into a D D podcast after that I don't I don't want to like, you know, brag or like, you know, put too much hype into it, but the the like main concept between behind what their what the D&D arc is going to do is it's a pretty it's a pretty big dick move. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> I'm pretty excited. I I'm really interested to see cuz we we left off in quite a pickle, so I'm interested to see what's going to happen next. Um, but you can find us until then on rebels, rebels pod on Instagram or on Twitter. And again, if you know what fighting the big purple beast is, then please hit us up on there. (laughs) Also, Mike mentioned that we will shout you out. If you send us a star Wars haiku haiku to our social media or email. So rebels, rebels pod. And again, just keep telling your friends. Let's close this out strong. Uh, we really appreciate the people who have shown us support, and it's it's really fantastic. So thank you for that. Yeah, I I want to throw out that when I googled "big purple beast Star Wars Rebels," <laughs> the first thing that came up was Purgles, which are the space whales. Oh, hmm. yeah, we're, they're gonna go harpoon all the space whales. That makes sense. There you go. And Perfect. also Zeb came up. So weird. It's probably Zeb. All right. Well, remember, until last time, to be brave out there. And don't look back. Don't look back. Bye. 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 Bye.